for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. We know exactly where you're at with your elk calling. Practicing in the garage, in the vehicle on the way to work, getting chased out of the house by mama. Cow calls, location bugles, lip balls, challenge bugles. All those sounds are starting to come together, but you still have so many questions about when, how, and where to use each one of those calls. Well, to help you out tonight, your coaches are going to help you help yourselves. You see, the first question shouldn't be about when, how, and where. The most important question simplifies the whole process. It's all about the why. Tonight, we talk about why you use certain calls. Understanding what you're trying to do and the goal of your calling and what calls help you do just that. Those topics, along with our Elk Bros shout outs, questions from our live viewers, and letters from our Elk Bros mailbox. So my friends, pull up a chair, adjust your volumes just right, and welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by ElkGrows.com, with your host Gilbert Ornelas and elk hunting coach Joe Gillian. You want to hunt elk? They live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons doing what they love. So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters. Well, hello again, everyone. If it's your first time with us, glad to have you. Hope you enjoy our show. And for those blue-collar hunters following our show and grinding it out with us every week, welcome back to Elk Camp. I'm Gilbert Ornelas coming to you live from Spring, Texas, and from Katy, Texas, one of the Venezuelan mafia himself, Luis Gonzalez, and tonight from Albuquerque, New Mexico, your elk hunting coaches, Joe Gillia and Leroy Chav Chavez in the house. What's going on, fellas? There we go. We're yeah, live. You were muted. You were muted there. 
Chad, you need to unmute yourself. Okay. All right. Good, man. We're all live, man. So, hello, brothers. Hey, hey, as people start to come in, I see Jeffrey Evanson. Welcome, Jeffrey. Michael Long coming in. Hello to you, too. Guys, we're live. Um, We're going to have a listening audience tonight. Uh, and I'm going to kind of let a couple of these people get on right now because I have like a little special thing to announce to them, and uh, I might end up having to announce it a little bit after I start seeing those people coming on. So what I'm going to do first is uh, we're going to talk about, first of all, a little bit about the celebration. Oh, they're rocking now. They're starting to come on. Chris is (laughs) in the house. Scott, hello. Mike, Derek Baker, Shane. Joe is in the house. Matthew, I saw you early today, man. Everybody's pumped. <laughs> so I got I got something special, y'all, man. Uh, I want both our live listening audience that's listening tonight, and for those that are going to be listening in two weeks, our weekly audience, I want you guys to understand that right here is a chance for each of you to be a winner today as well. I know we're going to announce the winners of our giveaway, but we even have something for people that are involved right now, man. How about that? That's so so cool. So tonight our topic is about calling elk. And in the past, you guys have heard me talk about some great resources to help all of our grinders with calling, right? We've had Paul Medell on the show, and I truly believe that Paul's Elk Nut app, that app should be in every elk hunter's toolbox. And, you know, uh, Paul is just such a great guy, man. I mean, he's, uh, he's super passionate. Uh, he's a grinder. He does all the right things. And people ask me all the time, you know, why are you, um, you know, putting other people's resources on your show? And to, look, to help everybody, we're coaches. We're here to help. Exactly. So uh, at, when when we coach, when Gilbert coach, when Chav coach, man, we find the best things for our athletes because the goal is not for the athlete <laughs> who thinks I'm the best coach. Has nothing to do with us. It has to do with that athlete being the best athlete they can. Right, y'all? Yeah, man. I mean, we try to pick something up from every one of these guys that are the best in the world out there and bring that content to you guys every week. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why both our live audience and our regular listeners are each going to have a chance to win a free Elk Nut app tonight. How about that, man? Fantastic. How about that? So, guys, here, I'm going to let you know how you win. For the regular podcast listening audience, you guys that are hearing this in your car, you're driving, you're playing it for your children before they go to bed <laughs> at night, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we're good at putting people to sleep, right? So mm-hmm. for you guys, for keeping, you, t- <laughs> we're good at keeping people company too, man. The cat killer, the Pennsylvania, the Penn State cat killer himself is riding right now through the heart of America, listening to Elk Bros. And he's listening to it. So for you regular podcast listening audience, for you to win, listen closely. You're going to have to take a difficult step. You're going to have to go to the Elk Bros Instagram. All right? You you get this on Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, I post. uh, uh, I put a post out there for our show. Right? Uh, Man, Joe, man,'s already got his in here. I just saw Joe show up on my email. Um, You're going to go to that morning post. It's episode 76, The Why of Calling, and you have to comment, I'm an elk nut. 
and then I will randomly select a winner Wednesday night. I'll give it a two days Wednesday night and notify you through Instagram. So we're going to have two winners. We're going to have a live audience, and we're going to have next week. So if you guys listen next week, you could even have twice the shot at it, right? That's awesome. Okay. Guys, y'all know what time it is. I ain't got to say it a lot. It's time for the Elk Bro Shot. New to our show in just a few cities with the most listeners topping our charts this week. And up first, named our top grossing listening city this week, named for the golden ridges of wheat noted by travelers passing along the overland trail. The wheat fields were converted to fruit orchards and vegetable fields, attracting buyers from all across the Denver area. Eventually, the fruit and vegetable farming gave way to greenhouses and the largest production of carnations in the world, earning this week's top listening city the designation of Carnation City, and you find this only in Wheat Ridge, Colorado. Wheat Ridge, Colorado. (laughs) Wheat Ridge. I've never been to Wheat Ridge. I have not ever been either, Joe. I've been all over Colorado, but I don't believe Wheat Ridge has escaped big O. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, our next top listening city was called Tennessee's Rising Star. A town born from the railroad, it has grown to become a world leader in aeronautics, flight, and engineering research. If you're looking to be an astronaut, the University of Tennessee Space Institute is a -a one-of-a-kind educational and applied science facility to make that dream come true. So big shout out to Tullahoma, Tennessee. Tennessee in the house. Tennessee, the The volunteers. volunteers. Yes, sir. Got that orange going on. So, as it's tradition, Joe has probably given me the most difficult one, and he did it live. So everybody, you know, kind of, you know, sits here and watch me struggle with these names. But here we go. You got it. Every word is like the same word. Uh, I, I, yeah. This is. uh, You see, I'm gonna try this one right here. Here we go, guys. From our brothers and sisters up north, living in Canada's coffee capital. It is not known as the city of bridges for nothing. It's most definitely, it most definitely is Canada's city of bridges. Thanks to the seven bridges that span the city, all of which cross the South Saskatchewan River. Attaboy. Attaboy. In total, the city boasts seven bridges, 47 overpasses, 21 pedestrian crossings, and 11 miles of soundproof walls. Saktoon, Saskatchewan. That's pretty daggum good, brother. I don't know if I could have done any better. Saskatoon, Saskatchewan in the house. Yeah, and if Tim Rieger's in the house, man, that's one of our brothers from up north that always uh, shout out to Tim. I know that uh, he's always listening on our show. You betcha. Good to have our brother, man. I guarantee you, Tucker's—he's watering at the mouth. That's part of, part of his country, the big Canadian, Steve Tucker. Guys, up next, this Pennsylvania city is famous for St. Vincent's College and Pittsburgh Steelers training camp. The Banana Split and beloved children's public television host. So that would be your PBS station. 
um, Everybody's Neighbor, and you might just know the song, It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, <laughs> a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't, Won't you be, you be my, my neighbor? neighbor. <laughs> the legendary Fred Rogers oh, in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Mr. Rogers, neighbor. I left for a second and came back, and you're all singing. What the heck's going on, man? <laughs> <laughs> That's Mr. Rogers, brother. Mr. Rogers. Mm -hmm. Okay. Grew up and finally, there. the name of our last top listening city comes from the lily, lily plant of the same name in the asparagus family that grows on local prairies, particularly in moist meadows. The bulb of the lily is both edible and delicious and was prized by Native Americans. Part of the Portland metropolitan area, the city lies along the Washington side of the Columbia River across from Troutdale, Oregon. Since 1905, the city's history and economy has been based on the paper mill industry. That's where the local school teams get their nickname, the Fighting Papermakers. From Camas, Washington. Camas, Washington. Camas, Washington in the house. That's awesome, man. From the very far east coast to the very far west coast. Yeah, because, yeah, all from one, it's people from all over the United States, man. So, so that's cool, just man. so friggin' awesome. So we're going to go ahead and get into today's topic. We're going to start talking elk content here. And, uh, um, Guys, so this is a point that if you have questions on there, go ahead and type them in. Luis and Chad are going to keep an eye on it. We'll start looking for them, too, um, and, and try to pull them in, and we'll hit you at the end. But, you know, the whole reason for this is there's always, and I've been getting hit with so much when I'm talking on a podcast, I get all these questions about what calls do I use? When do I start calling? How often do I call? And how do I know how to respond? So, you know, how many times, guys, when we've talked about calling, we've, we've said it's not really the what and how and, and when that's really all that important. It's not. It's What's the, why. the It's the why, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the hard part is, is we always tell people it, it's the why. Um, but <clears throat> the why is really not something that's really talked about. And if it is, it's usually very technical or a lot of information and hard to grasp the way it, it's, it's put out. Um, because really, when you start talking about the why, you can get real deep into elk language and elk <laughs> meeting, meanings and stuff like that. So what we're going to try to do tonight is to try to simplify it some if we can. And guys, I'm a pretty simple fella. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'll try to get across the best way I can. And, and here's, here's what I, the way I want to do it for you. I want you to know, and I'm going to break this down into when I'm giving bull sounds and when I'm giving cow sounds. And I'm going to give you what I am trying to do when I give those sounds. So that is my why. And it's really simplified. And, and then I'll kind of go into each one. So when I am making bull sounds, what I'm trying to do is one of the following. And the first two are the most common that everybody knows. I'm either trying to locate or you're trying to challenge. Everybody knows those two. 
location bugle, challenge. Now, there's different things, so I'm going to come back to each one and go through them. And, and guys, anytime you guys hit a question and you see these guys with a question, let's, let's jump on it, okay? Yeah, um, so w one quick question is uh, the grunt tube that you use. Yeah, the grunt tube I use is anywhere from $17.99 to $21 uh, at Walmart online. You can go to Amazon. It's I have no ownership in it of any kind. I do a, a, a string on each end of it, so when I have it, it goes around me just like this. It really goes on my pack nice. Um, if I need to do any kind of calling, I'm going to, that grunt tube, I can push it back. I can bring it just like this, and I'm able to call. I'm able to aim it in any direction behind me, able to throw that call. If I have my bow up, and this is my shooting hand, and I'm calling, I actually can use the bow to hide anything that I'm doing right here when I'm calling. And if I need to, and he's getting ready to take a shot, I just go just like this, and it's out of my way. Nothing big, nothing bulky. And it's it's what it is. It's the Carlton Mega grunt tube it's not sold by Wayne Carlton he, he sold that out to Hunter Specialties so that's how you find it on Amazon but you can look up the Carlton mega grunt tube and you'll find it right on Amazon okay when I'm talking about the two are that everybody knows is a location so I'm either I'm gonna simplify it I'm trying to locate or challenge now the here's the other thing. It's just very simple. I do five things that I'm trying to do. Basically, I'm either trying to locate. Challenge, believe it or not, is down on my list because the other things I'm trying to do that most people don't understand is when I am given bull sounds, I'm trying to participate, irritate, or exclude. All right. Now, if I was to give those in an order that I'm doing things, um, the location and the participation are all about the same type of thing. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of go through them now, all right? The whole purpose when I am trying to locate is just to get a response. So everybody knows the location bugle. That's the main one. The other one that can actually give, uh, be a location call is a chuckle. Now, guys, sometimes people, some people define a chuckle as one sound and then as another one. Some people will say there's a grunt and there's a chuckle. I, you know, for me, I kind of put it all in the same because you have the part of the chuckle that sounds like that ape sound you talk about, Luis. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like that kind of at the end of it. And then you have the... So... Some people would say that that's more of a grunt that goes slower like that, and then the chuckle is a <laughs> at the end of it when you start adding that. It, you know, for me, um, I can, I bring them all in one realm. I don't difficult yeah. it. I don't I don't yeah. put it up there because I have found that that chuckle sometimes when and and let me tell you, that's not for everyone because not everybody can do a good chuckle. I've I've heard some chuckles that are just yeah. For me, Joe, it's about matching his chuckle. And yeah. a lot of times that really aggravates them. Mm -hmm. you know? It's one way when you're not getting a result from a location bugle, sometimes the chuckle will do that. And you guys that follow us, you've heard me talk about my double bugle. And that double bugle is another one that I use to locate. And the, 
the whole purpose of the double bugle is almost sounds like two bulls answering each other or cutting each other off. And for some reason, that gets them to snap off a little bit, okay? And that's kind of like... So you got that where you're coming down and you pop it right back up. Okay, so that's where I get that 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 double from. And when another bull hears that, it's not you engaging that bull. That's two bulls engaging each other, and it yep. just it just gets it to pop out of them a little bit. It sparks okay. that curiosity. Mm, yeah, man, they're together. Maybe there's a hot gal over there. Let's yeah. go look. And and I want you to understand. So remember, we're talking about the why. When I'm making a certain sound, what am I trying to do? So if I'm trying to locate. I'm going to use a location bugle, a chuckle, a double bugle, and there's one location call that most people forget about, and they never include it in the location. That's because I got to go down to the cow sounds to get it. And let me tell you guys, a a cow mew um, is a location call. I start with it all the time, and you get responses from a cow call, man. Uh, so don't forget that a cow call is a location call, all right? Location mm -hmm. bugle, um, you can double bugle, you can cow call. Now, if you want to know what I start with, here's our philosophy. What's our philosophy, Luis? Lover. Lover before fighter, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. Absolutely. So when I am trying to locate, my cow calls always go out first. Even in the low light, I mean, we'll be laying there in the pine straw. It's pitch black, and it will hit a little soft cow call. And, man, boy, the hair will stand up on the back of your neck. You're so close to them. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Have I, uh, uh, Joe, would you demonstrate uh, your – Cow call and also your location bugle. Uh, you you uh, mentioned the you did the chuckle and the double. Okay. The double. Yeah. Down, man. Okay. Yeah, buddy. Now. Joe, we got Mr. Schultz asking if you would consider a calf call uh, a location call. I would not, man, because uh, remember what your purpose is, okay? And so if I'm trying to, if I am trying to locate, when I do a calf call, it, what's going to respond to a calf call is going cow. to be, it's going to be a cow. So no, I, I wouldn't. Now, there are times that you use that calf, and, and remember this, guys, if you're in a situation where you got a bull following cows, and that bull doesn't want to pay attention to you because he's following cows, well, forget about bringing the bull to you, bring the cow to you. Exactly. Okay, and that's where that calf call comes in, or a, or a lost cow call. All right, but I don't want to get complicated. I'm trying to simplify it for you right now, right? Yeah. Okay. So the most common. So the first thing I'm trying to do is I'm trying to locate. We're gonna we're gonna we have that. And we're gonna put that out. Yeah, definitely. On uh, Jacob, you've been listening, man. Always start mm -hmm. close because when I give my cow calls, uh. I'm going to start with my mouth, and I'm going to throw them right here. Then if I'm not getting in a response, then I take it out further. It's going through yeah. my tube so I can reach in different directions. If I'm not getting that, then now I'm going to reach out with my, with my location bugle. And, guys, people think you've got to give all these tones for a location bugle. 
most of the time, this is my location bugle, especially if I'm not getting any response close. I'm just broadcasting. <laughs> That's all it is. Joe, gonna... we got a we got an unbelievable question here yeah, from Mr. John Johnson. Okay. It's, how far does an average bull travel when he's fired up? 50 yards, 200 yards, 400 yards to come to a challenge or to, you know, or to your location. And uh, are you always going uh, for uh, the bull primarily? To the bull. Yeah. Are yeah. you always so, calling to the bull primarily? Yeah. Now, is if that's calling or going, I'm not sure, John, either going. one. But let me just tell you something, John. Uh, a bull that is fired up, a bull that's fired up, I have brought from the potato patch. Tell them patch how far you brought my bull from last year. Uh, probably last half year was mile. probably a half mile. Yeah. Yes, sir. So now I, I don't think he came in rip roaring fired up, but he we came the whole way. time. Right. Yeah. yeah. We got him that way. When he yeah. got out of that wall, yeah. he was not having it. <laughs> yes. What I'm always aggressive in my approach, Joe, man. I mean, you can ask these guys, there'll be times when I'll blow it up. I'm so aggressive. Uh, you know, because sometimes that animal can bugle away and sound like he's further than he is. And I'm in a thick situation that all of a sudden something opens up and, and next thing I know that animal's on top of me. But I'm always, I cut that. Uh, I always want to go to that animal. Now, if that animal is calling back to me, if that animal's calling and I don't have to say anything, I don't say a word, man. I don't want to, to pinpoint my position. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to get and see. I'm going to start looking for my setup. I'm going to get set up, and I'm going to look and see if that animal's still coming. If that bull's still coming, I don't have to do much. I just got to keep working and waiting. Now, if I start to see him going in a different direction, again, I take my grunt tube, and I aim it in the opposite direction, and I can turn the bull and bring it by me, Okay. So John, that kind of answers that kind of answers the question from uh, yeah. uh, Joe there. So, um, so you know, John, once you look, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, John, what what I want you to know is, we almost gave up on that set because he that bull we really didn't know how far that bull was, and as he cut the distance down, he'd get quiet. And what we didn't know was he was in a wallow the whole time. And as soon as he got done with his wallowing and everything, he bugled back to us and and. It was really a, a more of like a than anything. And I told Joe, we were getting ready to pack it up and leave. I said, Joe, I heard him again. He's right down there. And Joe said, okay, well, let's see what happens. And Joe went to that lost cow call, son, and it was like somebody shot him out of a gun. Here he come. You know, but he'd come from a, he'd come from a, a half a mile off, Joe. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we didn't have to go to him at all. We had a really good high vantage point to see him and, up the hill he came, brother, and it was the rest was history. But yeah, I mean, when you got them fired up, you don't, they'll come from a long way. So, when now when we're at the challenge, because we finished with that locate, okay. So now I'm trying to use bull calls, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the challenge part and I'm going to put that down at the bottom, and I'm going to put it in the order that I'm doing things, guys, because the location bugle can be used from beginning season all the way through. Okay, and yes, and or locating calls. Remember what they are can be used from the beginning to the end. All right. So, you know why you're doing those particular calls strictly to locate. All right. When I'm doing that location bugle, um, 
chuckle can sometimes be used in other places or a cow call in other places, but my goal for those that's at the time when I'm doing my movement is to locate, all right? Challenge, I'm going to move down. I'm going to talk about the ones not really understood. And the first one's going to be participate. And here's what I mean by that. I'm making a, a bull sound because I am trying to um, participate with other bulls. It's early season when they're still bachelored up, when they're still measuring up, right? And Chav, we we early season most of the time, right? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. what's our what's our first call in the morning, early season? We start off with a cow call, like you mentioned before, right? Because you you never know what's around the next corner. And then, uh, like Jacob mentioned, you, then you go out a little bit further. And then you, you try your location bugle and uh, see if you get any response. And that will give you an idea if uh, the bull's hot or not. And generally they're not in the early season, but they're very curious, very curious animal. I remember silent on you. I remember two years ago when he, when he killed that, uh, that big six-by baseball bat on the other side. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, you know, I happened to be in full full view of, of seven bulls, and you had no idea where they were. You had a general idea where they were at, but you couldn't see them. Right. But I could see them. And uh, the first three bulls uh, split from the group and, and started making a big semicircle to get to you before they saw me and, and spooked. Uh, whereas that uh, – the, the bull you killed, I mean, he made up 100 yards and, and – uh, Just like that. Seconds. I mean, he ran by me so quick I didn't have a chance to turn around and, <laughs> and, and get a shot. Tell everybody what the call was that lit him up to get him running by. Well, the call that you used was probably the cheapest call you can possibly get, and that was a branch raking on a tree. That's absolutely it, man. <laughs> uh, early right. season, the most underrated, super ace-in-the-hole call raking a tree right yeah it was it was amazing because uh, you know i heard you raking a tree and that bull just turned around and just thrashed a, a bush that was right next to him and then he took off running and i was yep. still looking at him and he came by me i was like wow <laughs> there he goes absolutely <laughs> yeah. so early season early season remember you can have bulls in that mode but what i'm trying to do is i i know that they're wanting to pal so when, when I say I use a cow call early season, generally I'm calling through my grunt tube over a distance, gives it a deeper resonance, and it sounds like a bull mew. And I will have bulls respond back. People think it's cow calls, but it's bulls. It's bow calls coming back to me, man. So I use bow calls. I use advertising bugles, and I use chuckles early season because they are non-aggressive type calls and some people will want to want to know the difference between an advertising bugle and a location bugle and the difference is in that that location bugle think about it, it's the same as what we're doing we're moving and calling moving and calling that's what a bull that is trying to locate other animals will do he'll just keep moving and bugling moving and bugling that's location he's trying to locate he's trying to find other uh either other bulls other cows let them know where he's at but an advertising bugle is going to be basically from one location that animal is telling other animals hey i'm right here i'm over here any 
babes in the woods, come on, any boys out there, I'll pal around with you too, you know. Now, as that season progresses, that advertising strictly for cows, but early on, some of those bulls are trying to measure each other up, okay. So if I am just trying to do participating type calls early season, trying to get a bull to come in to me either silently or give me a little chuckle um, or give me a mew, that that's the calls that I want to use. It's a little bit tougher early season because your responses aren't always a verbal response. Sometimes they're uh, just coming into you silent, but they're responding, but or or they go and rub a tree or something like that, and then they Sometimes come in. You just to, hear them rocks clinking. Yeah, know, where they're coming on foot. I mean, you you hear them kick one of those deadfalls or something. I mean, they make noise. They're big critters. They make noise when they're coming through the woods. Well, I, I bet in the last out of the last thirty four bulls or elk that I've taken, um, I bet that uh, probably fifteen, uh, sixteen, eighteen of them came in totally silent. Yeah. But we're expecting that, so we're ready for them. So mm-hmm. you've got that you're locating, participating, okay? Joe, you asked a question there that I'm going to answer because you said once I locate, am I aggressive in my approach or do I try to get the bull to find you? You're, I'm always getting trying to get the bull to find me. All, I'm, I'm aggressive in my approach to close the distance to get in his bubble. Um, the only time that I might not get him to come to me is if I'm in a good stalking situation. Chav and I got on a bull... Gosh, I I can't tell you the year. They all start to meld together. But I've got a bull right in front of me. He's at 80 yards, out of distance, and he's raking a friggin' juniper, man. He's just ripping it apart. And got his head down in the brush and everything. And so what I do is I'm like, okay, I'm going to bring the bull to me, right? I I aim my bugle tune behind me. I sound like a small one because I didn't want to scare him off, right, Chav? You're right behind me with a camera, right? Right. And... So I do that. He would lift his head, go back. I'd call again, throw a couple cow calls. He'd lift his head and go back. I mean, I got so pissed. I told Chad, I'm going to freaking walk up and shoot this son of a buck. And, was, <laughs> and he did. Yeah. Well, before, before I did, I said, well, I'm going to try one more thing. I put that tube back there, and I ripped off the gnarliest, biggest, raspiest bugle I could. And here he come. <laughs> You know, yeah. and and the reason is he heard multiple bulls and figured that oh there's there's something going on down there now, and he yeah. comes in and and that's also a time I learned a huge lesson because that bull was going by he was at 30 yards, and and I pull a heavy weight so as he gets his head behind the tree I was like okay I'm gonna pull I'm gonna draw on his head get back I'm drawing his head comes on the other side of the tree. As I'm finishing my draw, and guys, they do what they do. They stop when they see movement, and they look at you. And so he stopped perfectly, and doggone if that kill was covered by that tree. I had to hold. I sat there and held. Now, we're talking about 60% let off, right? And I'm holding that weight just like that. And I mean, and ended up being a good story at the end. I you punched pull like 100 pounds, day. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's no, a, I don't. I don't pull that much. Bow. Yeah, so, but basically, yeah, I am aggressive in my approach. But at that point, Joe, I do want that bull to come find me. And uh, so I do it in a way so that that's why I throw calls behind me. That's why I do things behind me so that that animal is finding me. All right. He's, um, he's got another question below, too. He says, once he locates you, do you just 
uh, once you locate you with the bull calls, then do you just start cow calling? And it depends on what he's responded to, man. That's right. You know, yeah. I, what I would tell you is depends on how deep you got in on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Chav and I got in on about six or seven bulls one time, and we got so deep on them that you really couldn't make a whole lot of sound. I mean, they were, what, 12, 15 feet from us at one time, yeah. Chav? I mean, <laughs> and we couldn't even move. They were pinned up on us so hard, right? So when they decided that they didn't like the setup very good and they started to venture off and they were all going to booger, that's when I went and put my grunt tube and pointed it back behind me and just softly cow called to them. And they all stopped and they were like, Oh man, what was that? Yeah. They relaxed. Yeah. You know, they, they relaxed and you know, every, they would get nervous and the wind was swirling and when we just knew it was going to blow up any minute and we were at a barrier too, that they needed to cross before we could get a good shot. And uh, I told Chav, I said, Chav, you know, I said, we can't move. They just had us pinned. And then they separated. Two of the bigger ones went one way and four of the other ones went the other way. And they, so I didn't care which one I killed. It made no difference to me. I mean, the first one that was going to get, get right, he was going to get the whistle. Right. And uh, so I just kept really lightly cow calling to them and that settled them all down. You know, and once they got settled down, whoop, here they come. And uh, the rest was history. Case rest was history. Case of, I mean, fifty nine yards, and we let it, let it rip. You know. Yeah. What was interesting about that group was, you could see the the group dynamic. There was one bull that was really cautious, and you could tell he wanted to get out of there. He even poked the other ones with his horns, like let's get out of here, guys. <laughs> but there was one that was really dumb and just wanted to <laughs> wanted to join the party. And I think that's what he shot. You know. And so, guys, I mean, it, it's kind of like, you know, they just want to party with the rest of them, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. they, they want to join the party. And if you can get them to feeling cool, well, heck they come into the party. And like you said, Joe, it's about reading their body language. Exactly, man. You got, you got to read them. I mean, if, if I can, if that animal's coming, <laughs> Joe, Joe has learned, man, that you, you can shut up at times too. You know, yeah. if that animal's mm-hmm. coming, let them come because they're looking and they're in mm-hmm. that mode, right? Um, as soon as you make a peep, man, they they're, they're going to pinpoint you, right? So you know right where you're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I said that we had the location. I pushed down the challenge. We did the participate. The next thing that I'm trying to do, if I'm after I've located or participated, one thing that now if, if I haven't gotten to the cow calls because really a lot of times I'm working in that realm of the cow calls. I'm trying to do things down there with those. So, uh, but when I go to the bull calls, one thing I'm trying to do with that bull is I'm trying to irritate. And the irritation stage is that rut staging to rut period. So, guys, it's like this. You have early season when they're, when they're bachelored up, right? They're buddy-buddy pal, you know, knock-knock, fist bump, all of that stuff. Then uh, right around, oh, it can be anywhere from the 5th, 6th, up in there, they're going through, and I'm talking September, they're going through what I call the staging phase. That's that transfer where the young bulls are starting to gather some cows and the big bulls are staying on the sides, just letting them do all the work, right? So you have that state, that staging to the rut. And in that point, I can use things that are not necessarily challenging at them, but can start to get their ire up a little bit because they hear it going on. Or like they're a bull that does have cows later on, and I'm trying to irritate that bull to come and do something. So I use things like if I want to irritate a bull, I can use raking. 
right? And Chad already told you how that works. It's, it's phenomenal. I use a roundup bugle. In other words, when I want to irritate a bull, I'm not necessarily talking to him. I'm talking to his ladies. So if you're in a bar, y'all, and your girlfriend's with you, and I want to get you to engage me, well, all I got to do is talk okay. to your girl, and you're going to start getting engaged with me. So that's what a, um, I'd use a roundup bugle to try to pull the cow over to me. And he knows that's what I'm trying to do, and that'll get him upset. Lip balls. Lip balls are a display-type bugle. They're a, I'm a dominant-type thing. They're not so much... They can be challenging, but you can use them just as a display, especially a short lip ball where you're trying to tell a cow that, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a big boy over here. That can How about the glunking, the glunking you do as well? So that, with... that actually, that's a whole different, that has nothing to do with any kind of bull engagement. It's all, it's all cow, um, it's bull cow yeah. type things. So that's going to come. So I have the locate, I have the participate, right? I have the irritate, and then I have... Exclude. Yeah, then I have the exclude. And the reason I'm leaving challenge for last, man, is because challenge can come in at any of these times. And the challenge comes in when a bull has escalated to that point. So I think so many people screw up because... Great to challenge. Yeah, they want to yeah. they want to challenge right away. Now, again, it works if you find that one bull that wants to play. And if that's what you're doing and that's, that's your strategy, great, man. There are incredible, successful hunters out there doing that. But... When we hunt on 20,000 acres where we don't have a chance to go 20 miles away, we have to work with the, the girl we came to dance with, man. So we got to work the elk in that area. There's a lot of elk that we're not going to pass by that we try to bring in. If there's an, an elk in the woods, I don't care if I bring it in quietly. I don't care if I stock up on it. I don't care if I cow call it challenge it i want to kill it that's what uh, i'm trying to do with that if you understand that if you understand why you're using what you're trying to do if you're trying to irritate a bull those are the type of calls you're going to use now what does irritation lead to if i irritate them that bull's going to come over and that bull's going to start raising his aggression he's going to start raising his emotion once he does that now we're going up to challenge, man. That's what we're doing. Once he comes up and he thinks he's going to smack me in the face, I cut that puppy off right away, and I go right back at him. Now it's on, right? Now we are engaged like that. The last thing that, that uh, Luis brought up, and this is the one that I think works so great that most people miss out on, and what that is, is I'm not, I'm not trying, I've already located, I know that the animals are there, so I'm not doing that. I'm not challenging because we haven't got to that point yet. It's not participation because we're past that and animals are already pairing up. Um, it's not irritating because I'm not engaging with the animal. I am going to exclude that bull. My target bull is going to be excluded. I'm going to say, talk to the hand, uh, leave me alone, I'm busy over here. You know, that's like the, your buddy that says, hey, man, let's, let's go out. And it's like, dude, don't you see me here? I'm yeah. with the girl, man. I'm, I'm doing a thing here. I'm busy, right? <laughs> There's so, something going on. 
Yeah, and the exclusion, I connect with cow calls as well. And what I mean by exclusion is, and this happens from rut staging to rut. As soon as any of those animals are starting to feel it, it's going to work. And, and here's those sounds you were talking about, Luis. That's going to be the grunts, the groans, raking still, glunking. And if you guys have never heard any of these calls um, and you need one, just ask for it. I'll throw it up there. Uh, Roundup, bugle, and lip balls. In other words, I combine those with cow calls, and what I give is now I am doing a scenario. I'm doing, I'm either throwing a party or I'm doing a rut fest or I'm going to um, uh, do a, a convergence herd, some different things like that where I am going to act like a bull that has cows and a hot cow and I've got other bulls converging on that so that now that bull that's coming into me I could care less uh, he's going to come in because he wants to come and try to either pick up one of those cows or he wants to come in and be part of the party right there okay and Joe, could I, you give it could you give an example of a roundup bugle and a lip ball yeah so roundup is just real short <laughs> That's all Roundup does, man. It's like, See hey, it. girls, get with it. Come on. Here we yep. are. The lip ball. <laughs> so you get that raspy sound to it. That's that lip ball right there. You can do it at the beginning. You can do it at the end. A shorter lip ball is more where I am trying to just tell, you know, those cows over there, come on over to me. A, a longer lip ball is when I'm showing dominance to other bulls in the area. Okay. You bet. Grunts and groans and stuff. So when I'm doing, and oh, I, I don't have pants on here, man. You use pants too, and it's just. Oh, I love it. Hmm. Oh, that's those that's those groans and and you get the glunking that's you get those glunking noises going just like that perfect so those are the kind of noises that I'm doing to show that I am a bull involved with cows right and and if I hear a bugle, I might do a, a roundup bugle to make it show that I'm keeping my cows together. I might then do a lip ball to show that I'm dominant and I'm trying to display because that's a display call and I'm displaying to my cows. These are all calls that combined and there is no, it, it, there is no, um, you got to do this many and this many and that many. Uh, it's, it's just a, a feeling, man. You're just playing the stage. If, if I'm a bull and, and I'm doing my thing and I'm doing my grunts, my groans, my glunking, and all of a sudden then I play the part of a bull that is given a, a, a bugle, maybe a roundup or something, or, or a short call off to the side, or maybe even a, an advertising bugle, which is going to tick me off because he's advertising for my cows. Now when he does that, I might do a quick roundup bugle to that, uh, but not so much at him, at my own cows. So, and, and I like to move it so that it's not in one place. It's almost like you're moving up a ridge like they do. So it's just you enjoy it and you do it, and then you know that you have animals engaging. 
You know, Joe, when you talk about the roundup bugle, when I called that big bull in up on the ridge for Chav, mm -hmm. I, that's all I was doing is roundup bugles. And I didn't really know it at the time. I just knew that I was mimicking what he was doing. And uh, at the end of the day, he thought there was a whole bunch of cows up there and another bull was trying to round them up and he about stepped on us. You know, I mean, right. he was incensed. He was like, where in the world is that bull with them cows? And then the other bull that came in below him with the 25 cows, that just set the world on fire. I've never seen anything like it. Chab and I got to view one of the coolest settings in the world and have bulls running in all directions and cows and calves and <laughs> I mean, about stepping on us. So now, Joe was asking for a full scenario, Joe, and instead of me doing this right now, if you go back to our um, our series, our solo series, when I do a calling, um, go back and check that one out uh, on Calling Elk on our solo series. We do a whole bunch of that, and I actually talk about a scenario and do some of that scenario there. And uh, and actually, there's going to be scenarios like that on our on our academy too um, when that comes out. It just uh, I I, I want to make sure I get through this content. We'll see what happens. Yeah, you bet it's a dance, man. It's like um, it's like this kind of dance. It's, have you ever noticed when you go to a dance, all the guys are sitting on the side and all the girls are dancing together? Well, it's that kind of dance. You, you ignore all of them over there, and you're in your own little world as that bull, and you are creating the scenario over there on the side, okay? You're making it, uh, you're being that bull involved with your cows and dealing with other bulls in that area. You're not targeting the one behind you, all right? Okay. One hundred percent. And when that when that bull learns how to dance, all the girls yep. want to be with him. We're talking about the why, and I've tried to simplify it for you guys. I've tried to put it in ways that you can understand that I'm either trying to locate, participate, irritate, exclude. And at any point in any of those, when that bull gets to a certain point, then I challenge. But challenge is not Joe Gillia's first option. Uh, again, I would rather be a lover than a fighter. And when I'm excluding, I'm loving, okay? When I'm participating, I'm not fighting, okay? When I'm locating, I'm not fighting. When I'm irritating, I'm just being that that buddy you didn't want to have around, right? So, <laughs> yeah, the third uh, wheel. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's talk about the cow calls because they're kind of critical to this too. So sure. same thing. When I make cow calls, what I'm trying to do is several things. I'm trying to locate. That's what we were just talking about. That's just a cow call or mew. I'm trying to relax, and I'm going to go back through these. I'm trying to pull a bull. I'm trying to demand attention, or I'm trying to plead for attention. There's a <clears> difference <throat> between those, okay? So locate, we've talked about. I'm just going through, and I'm doing my cow calls, trying to get a response. Or bull mews <laughs> during that early season. They're just a little bit more deeper resonance in the tube. Now, the next one I said was relax. And when I'm saying relax is when I'm moving through, especially early season, I'm going to... I'm going to go ahead and throw those calls just like that as I'm moving through nice and slow to sound like, and I'll throw them with my tube. So I'll do them with my mouth and I'll throw them different directions to sound like a small group that's moving through. Early season, they don't know if that's a group of bulls or if that's a group of cows when they come through. That relaxes animals in the area, especially if they're hearing noise, okay? They're, they're not alert. I've, I've done this and I've watched animals when I'm doing it and cows... They'll stay feeding when I'm doing that. Or if 
there's been a reaction from an animal, and they're not sure what I am. Just like we were in that situation year before this last year, when those bulls bugled, immediately we drop and we cow call. And it immediately relaxed those animals because they were like, oh, we got spooked, but, oh, it's just a girl over there, right? Yeah. So and um, when you break the decoy out, it's affirmation. Oh it's a lady <laughs> And let me, let me tell you guys, guys too, um, if you break that decoy out and you have it on the bow, just like this because your bow hand's up on the front, take that hand up to the ear and just twitch oh, yeah. that ear with your finger. And oh, let me tell you, it sells it. Man, I mean, as soon as as long as you don't have the sun behind you. <laughs> well, hey, these decoys <laughs> a little different. These decoys are double layered with a black backing, so yeah, they're 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 ready for that, right? That's right. So, yeah. um, I'm going to relax with herd talk. That's going to be chirps and mews. What's the difference between a chirp and a mew? the chirp is just shorter, mews yeah. are a little longer. Okay, that's all that is. Or I'm going to try to pull a bull by encouraging with sweet talk. That's when I'm going to do that cough, that cow call, that soft, sweet mew. And guys, don't be scared to be soft with your mew. If they don't hear, I always like to go soft first, first yeah. uh, because if they're not paying attention, I can always get louder. But man, if you give that soft one, they're like, huh. And a lot of times they think it's further and they're going to come in more. Okay, so that's what I mean by pulling a bull. Uh, if I have a bull that responds to me and when I'm trying to locate with a cow call, I'm not going to give him a bull call. He's already responded to the cow call right now. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I'm going to give him what he him wants. Off. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm going to give him what he wants. Now, if that bull doesn't do anything and he just stays in that same area, then I can introduce a bull. And all I got to do is start raking, man. I, I don't have to do any screams. You want to you wanna go from subtle. You want to work up. You know, don't go straight for the guns, y'all. Don't do that, okay? That's pulling a bull. If I want to demand attention, you know, you guys have heard that where it's... Where you hear that buzz. Now I'm starting to, when I do that buzz with a now followed up, I almost like to think of the buzz call as kind of like, um, listen, this is what I want. The buzz is like, listen, and, right. uh, and then it's, uh, yeah, Luther Vandross of Cow Call. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, man. <laughs> I, Joe, man, you're giving us away our age, man. Luther Vandross, man. <laughs> yeah. When I'm doing that buzz, it's almost like, listen, this is what I want. Listen, um, and then I'm, and I'm trying to tell a, a, a calf to come in. Listen, uh, I'm giving a, a wine. Listen, I'm giving a mew. It's almost like you give those different calls along with it, okay? Yeah. And and then the last one I'm trying to do is plead for attention. Lost cow call, Ooh. a begging mew. That's going to be longer and louder. Anytime you start to whine, and I don't take mine as much as like Paul does. Paul's a real whiner. Yeah. I right, Paul, I didn't call you a whiner, dude. Wee, so don't wee. be don't be writing me no letters. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> he gets them really long and drawn out like that, you know. And uh, now I've heard some of that, but I. I don't use that as much. Um, I like more of just a, a, a sweet, longer mew, just trying to encourage. And you can include that with a buzz. So I'm demanding attention, and now I'm pleading, come on over here, all right? So that's the, way, that's the way I break up the <laughs> whys, y'all. 
you know, how you, you doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, I hope that it tries to demystify it a little bit. If you just understand what you are trying, why you are doing certain calls, why are you locating, are you relaxing, are you pulling, are you demanding, are you pleading? That's the kind of thing that you want to do with that. All right. Again, man, it's all about the why. You all know, about the why. Uh, it, and it's it's K I S S. It's keep it simple, stupid. I mean, really is listening to what they're doing. And look, I, like Joe said, a lot of times all you need to do is if you find the elk, sometimes it's just one little cow call, settle them down, walk in there and kill him. I mean, you just you, you don't have to let them know where you are. You know, get the wind right, get in there, go get. I mean, Chav said this a thousand times. If we see a bull, he's in serious trouble serious trouble because i'm telling you if i got the wind right we're gonna slip in there i'm, I'm like a ninja i'm a big boy but i'm telling you <laughs> we like we like forest ninjas around here when you got chav on your hip i'm telling you he knows every little nook and cranny dive to get in man mohican sneak on him huh? a mohican sneaking <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so i mean less is more i, I would say that huh joe in, in most opportunities less is more uh, but sometimes you got to make your own, you know, Joe and I put on some really cool shows one time calling some bulls for Chav. I mean, that's fantastic and fun. But for the most part, man, if you keep it simple, I mean, this it's not that hard. Yeah. No, and, and where those scenarios come in, where they work best is when, you, when you're in multiples, uh, yeah, when you're doing man. scenarios. Because, and, don't, and don't shy away from that, guys. Multiples yeah. is good. Yeah, the, the scenarios, guy, when I put on a rut fest or when I put on a, a party, man, an Elk Bros party, we're generally trying to, I'm I'm back and I've got somebody up uh, in between me and the bull so that I can pull them by, by that person. So, um, but I've been, you know, when Gilbert shot his bull, uh, Chad was right on his shoulder. And how far away was I from you guys, Chad? Oh, probably about three feet, four feet, or yeah. even yeah. closer. It's like lined up right behind me, man. They were looking down my arrow shaft, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of those kills is um, in Gilbert. You haven't checked out the academy. One of them is shown right on the academy. Oh, that's there, so. Yeah, right. I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's too cool, Okay, man. so let's go to the Elk Bros mailbox. Absolutely, man. Okay, so Mr. Williams from Oregon. I live in the heart of Oregon, Roosevelt country. I, and I want to make sure that's either going to be Stiger, Steiger, or Steiger. And we probably got all three of them wrong, but, <laughs> but Bill, we tried, man. Okay. Yeah, man. yeah. Yeah. Plus it's coming from me. I get a pass on all that stuff. Uh, uh, he says, I seldom go and get several encounters like a lot of the rock mountain elk hunters would you change your hunting approach due to the steep and thick vegetation i find myself hunting drainages uh, versus specific elk i find myself doing cold calling sequences and curious if you have any pointers recommendations uh, on a cold calling or uh, breeding sequence that will entice uh, these roosevelt to leave the seclusion of the thick cover so I have not ever hunted Roosevelt's. Guys, remember that this guy has never been out of New Mexico. Uh, other than guiding, I've guided in Colorado. So I don't have Roosevelt experience. I think some of your best uh, advice for that is is listening um, 
to uh, born and raised because those fellas, that's their country, and they talk about it all the time. Um, I know Corey hunts over there, Corey Jacobson. You can listen to him as well. He talks about it. I have listened up and done some study on them, and, and I've heard things about the Roosevelts that um, that they really respond better sometimes to chuckling better than they do bugling. Uh, I've also heard that they're very aggressive about their area. Uh, they don't travel as far or move as far as um, the Rockies, but buddy, they are in such thick stuff that you can have one 10 yards away and not have a shot. And so that's going to be country you can, you know, we always hunt from our knees, guys. You know, that's someplace you can never do that. You get lost in the vegetation real quick, you know, like that. But for me, um, I would not really change what I do um, because, again, I'm trying to tap in to whatever those animals are responding to anyway. We have Rockies that aren't, you know, they're not being loud with the bugle. They're just chuckling. So if they're in that mode, that's the mode that we're going to respond to. And... Um, try if to we get had... around that equinox, they'll be the loudest, you know, try to hunt around that equinox. They'll be louder then. Uh, and then, bud, these, they, they're all critters. They're slaves to their bellies. Find the cows and you're going to find the bulls. Yeah, I think that would be the hard part. And uh, because they have the old forest there. So really, in, in if I was in Oregon or if I was hunting some of those areas in Washington that are the thick areas, I'm looking for some of those timber cuts. I'm looking for anything, fires that has broken the canopy because that's just, that's where the better feed's going to be and there's going to be animals going there. And uh, recommendation on cold calling or breeding sequence, um, you're going to have to probably, you know, I'm not sure what you guys mean by cold calling. I know that that's uh, something Paul does. I'm not, Location calling, I think, is what he's meaning, Joe. Well, I, I think Paul has, like, he has different sequences that he does. Like, um, when he does a cold calling, I I believe it's like when he gets in an area because he thinks there's an animal that is in the area. And so he'll start to do a scenario kind of like one of our scenarios where he tries to paint a picture and build it up and get an animal to, to then start responding to him. Um, so... Uh, and the breeding sequence, he's, he just really, it's kind of like our rut fest that we're doing there where he's trying to paint that picture of an, of an animal that, uh, a bull with a cow, with a hot cow. So, um, you know, when you're doing those, um, those types of scenarios, uh, if you're by yourself, you've got to be someplace where it's tight but yet you can have shooting lanes for 30 yards. And what's cool is if you're in some of that old Oregon forest, I would imagine, um, because it's like some of our thick areas, that you can get away with a lot, moving around, breaking things, walking, stomping. Um, I would, if you're doing any of those sequences, I would try to be as much like an elk moving around the area as possible to sell it. So that's something that I would give you that's that's a little uh, extra into that. And, you know, do your sequence and stuff and then, you know, make sure that you're kind of giving it a little rest period so that you can look. And I think the biggest mistake people make with any time they do, especially a cold calling sequence, because when we called in Luis's bull this year, dude, I was doing my scenario for 45 minutes before that animal came in. So, um, 
that's something for you to think about. Okay. Who's up next? Kelly Gartner uh, okay. from Johnstown, Colorado. Uh-huh. Uh, he says, anyway, to my questions, uh, I've been participating or practicing with my diaphragm call every day for the past couple of weeks, and I don't know if it's just me, but I have so much saliva in my mouth, it drives me crazy. Is there anything to combat this, or is it just what it is? Also, <laughs> uh, what's the best way to decide which diaphragm is best for you uh, for your mouth shape? Uh, should I just buy a variety and see what works best for my mouth shape? Uh, absolutely. So I would tell you, if you want to find out what works for your mouth shape, you know, go buy either one of those Phelps amps uh, and then get uh, um, get uh, one of the Native by Carlton's because th there's one that is a thinner half-inch on the inside diaphragm and the other one's uh, um, a 5 eighths inch. So um, you'll find out immediately what how you get a better fit in your palate, whether you have a high, narrow palate or you have a flat, wide palate. Kelly, I have to cut all mine, so it doesn't matter whose it is. I'm going to have to cut it. It's just because I've got a narrow palate, so right. I have to I have to trim all of mine. I mean, this is a Primos black that I have right here, but uh -huh. I have to trim it, you know, right. so it'll fit right. And look, out of the package, I can, I can make it whistle good, but, man, I really like to be able to use it in the lower tones, and uh -huh. for me to do that, i got to get a real good seal. And, Chad, what did you find out about yours? Well, um, I know the Red Reed uh, native. Uh, is that a Carlton? Yeah, and it's a little bit different. That's a clover shape, if I remember right. Yeah, uh, but like uh, Gilbert said, you know, you've got to trim them to fit your mouth because right. every, every palate's a little bit different. And uh, I, I know the package that I got, there were three different uh, reeds or three different uh, calls, yeah, and they were all different shapes, but it seemed like the one that, the smaller one, it was kind of hard to use, uh, even though I have a uh, small palette. Right. But the bigger one that I was able to trim down uh, was the, the one that I was able to utilize a lot better. So it, I think it depends on the individual. Yeah. You know, but they can all be trimmed. Uh, you can trim one that, that fits perfect and use that as your template and, and trim the rest of the rest of them the same way, you know, just lay it over the other one and, and just clip it around. Good, good, and good idea. Yeah, that's super. Yeah, because about I, the, did, did we touch on the saliva question? No, we haven't. And and I I have a lot of saliva, <laughs> and and generally I, what I find is, um, <laughs> any time that there's something odd in your <clears throat> mouth and uh, you that doesn't fit right or feel right it's going to engage even more saliva. Um, try holding a flashlight in your mouth and, and while you're oh, working, man. man. Yeah, I mean, it'll run like a friggin' faucet, right? So um, if you get a decent fit, that'll start to get better on yes. there. Um, I always, sometimes if I get like that, I do a, <laughs> I just do a, a quick, a quick dry suck around it, man, just to, to get it, you know, so it's not so wet. Um, or, I start carrying it here, and I'll tell you, that bendable yeah. products reed, that uh, reed quiver mm -hmm. that goes on your hat would be ideal to keep that from happening. You can still still get that. Um, I like, I use just an old school um, little penny thing that I like to put two calls in. Uh, the only problem is if it gets really hot and it's wet, it just kind of keeps them wet, which isn't too, too bad because they're not all dry when you get them in your mouth like that. Yeah. 
Okay. The latex for me, I got to warm that latex up in the mornings yeah. anyway. So, right. you know, I mean, first yeah. thing I do when I crawl out of the rack. Yep. Um, you got to get it going. So John Johnson, he asked a question. He says, how long do you give an area before bailing to plan B site, even if the sign is there, but no elk talking? So if there's sign there, John, um, I'm real careful about saying there's no elk talking because no elk talking just means it's like a tree in the forest. Sometimes you're not there to hear it fall. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, I mean, I've literally, and, and guys have been with me, all these guys have been with me, that we have been in amongst uh, a lot of, um, I mean, elk blowing up, screaming back and forth, had an encounter, and go over the ridge 400 yards, bump into hunters, and they're like, they're just not talking. They're just not talking. And what people have to remember is, is when you say they're just not talking, people think of the rut as a regional thing. Okay? It's not. No. I mean, there's the rut, which is a time period that is happening, and there's a rut. And a rut happens when a cow comes in heat. So you can have one drainage that is blowing up because a cow has come in heat, you can go over. And when I say drainage, we don't have deep, deep things, man. I mean, you can be in one, uh, you know, area, go over a ridge and go into another one, and there can be elk there. Here. Yeah. yeah. So Luis, you know, last year, Luis went out on his own. We went probably from where you were, Luis, there was probably one mile difference, if that. And we're into bulls screaming, and you're into how many of those bachelor bulls were together that were mewing? Oh, yeah, five, six. Yeah. Not saying a word. Never said a word, man, because mm -hmm. there were no hot cows in the area. So I'm I'm real careful about saying that um, there's no elk talking. If I'm seeing sign, if I'm smelling elk, um, then I'm able to work them, even if it's just moving, cow calling, and depending on the time of the year. Or like, you know, creating my own sequence, because I like to do things like create my own action. I'll start working up a ridge, sounding like a bull that's got a herd that's going ahead, and uh, that bull is just advertising himself as you go up and doing cow calls to the side, just getting animals to that hear that and want to come up to it. And then once I get up there, now I can actually start setting up and just going nuts. Uh, if you haven't heard it before, I killed a bull one year. Chav and I were together. We got split up. I shoot a bull at 10 yards. I'm not able to find Chav. I want help. So I start screaming double bugle after double bugle after double bugle. The most irritating way you could ever do it. Before Chav got to me, I called in four bulls. They all came in silently, never said a word. But because of all the action that was going on there, they thought that there was hot cows and stuff, so they come right into the area. <clears throat> so yep. th that's something for you guys to, to think about. All right. Unbelievable content, Joe. All of the whys these guys have been wanting to to understand, you know, uh, fantastic content. Uh, I, I think more than anything, for, for me, when I was learning, it was really just uh, you guys tell me what to do and you do it. Now everything makes much more sense as you learn the language, right? Right. So it's really the why that drives the calling sequence. Absolutely. And again, man, 
Uh, I want to be real honest with you guys. If you got, if you use the wind, you see the animals, you use your optics and everything else, this can get even simpler. I mean, sometimes you don't have to make a peep hardly. You just put your feet on the ground. And like Joe says, man, every time he thinks he's in the woods, he feels like he can kill a bull, especially if we can see him or hear him. Yeah. You know, so no matter how far away he is, like I said, I've seen Joe call bulls. I'm telling you, I know they've been from three quarters of a mile to half a mile away, you know. So it, they are creatures of habit. When it's that time and they think cows are in heat, they can come. And even I hope I hope they got the simplification of the why. You know, yeah. um, you don't really, you know, have to complicate it that much and just really simplify and know what you're doing, whether you're trying to locate, whether you're trying to partner, whether you're trying to irritate, whether you're trying to challenge, all of those things, man. Just that simplifies what your process is. So I hopefully yeah. that helps everybody out. Luis, you got anything else to add, my brother and Katie? No, sir. Thank you guys uh, for participating. Truly appreciate the guys on the live chat and, you know, chipping in all those questions and all those comments. Uh, it was uh, a lot of engagement tonight. So, and always thanking the audience for such being such an awesome audience and so, so supportive. Um, can't can thank you guys enough. Super happy to see some guys got super lucky tonight getting yeah. getting incredible incredible giveaways yeah it so. was a blast man chav you got any other parting words i mean this is a man who has spent 42 <laughs> years with one lady chav and in the, in the, where we're at and with our country and everything any advice you could give us grinders out there how to how to keep a woman satisfied for 42 years <laughs> <laughs> communication I love it. See there? Simplicity at its best. One word. Wisdom. It's like the, the, he is the hunting ninja. Communication. Remember that right there, boys. Guys, if you like what we do, please subscribe, rate, and review. you got to go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes to review us and check out more elk hunting content at elkbros.com. Always, if you want a question answered on our show, uh, please send your questions to info at elkbros.com. We'd love to have it on the air. We'll get it talked about. We'll get you guys here. We're going to try to do more of these live. I know Joe loves it. Uh, and you guys all know me. I love to talk. I talk the leg off a wooden Indian or a wooden <laughs> statue. So at, at the end of the day, uh, we, we love all you guys and we appreciate everything, man. You guys uh, y'all out there in, in uh, elk hunting land, it's getting close, man. We're 60, 65 days and counting, and uh, we're going to be out there uh, chasing and slaying dragons here. So um, just to, you know, a reminder to all of y'all fellas, love your neighbors, you know. Oh. Hug your wives. Kiss your wives. Wives, kiss your husbands. Hug your babies. Keep your broad heads sharp and your powder dry. And we'll see you next week right here on Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Good night, y'all. Peace. Good night.